Okay, if everybody has their Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to the, uh, the book of Mark. We're going to go to chapter 9. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word. Amen. We're going to go to chapter 9 of Mark. And we are going to go to verse 41. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. I'm going to read that again. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. For everyone shall be salted with fire and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt hath lost its savor or its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Lord, I ask you this morning, Jesus, to just use me as a mouthpiece this morning, Father. I ask you, Lord, to give us, O oh God, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us today, and give us the godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Now, here the Bible says, and I just threw 41 and 42 in there just uh, because I love those verses. The Bible says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because ye belong to Christ. In other words, whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink because they know you belong to me, they're doing it for the sake that you're a Christian. He said that, Verily I say unto you, shall not lose his reward. Praise God. Now, but go down further in our text today. It's primarily, as the Bible says, If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Amen. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Now understand something today. We're going to look at uh, we're going to look at at uh, how serious it is to have a little leaven in your life. Notice what he said here in the word. He said, "If thy hand offend thee." Notice it didn't say hands there, did it, brother? It says hand, doesn't it? 
Is that what it said? If thy hand offend thee. Notice, if one of your hands offend you. If one of your hands offend you, what does it say? Cut it off. Why would you want to cut it off? Notice what it says because it's better to what? Is that what it says right there? Look, look at what it says there. What's it say? Okay. Okay, so notice right there. If one hand's corrupt, guess what happens? Both hands go to hell. If one hand is corrupt, both hands go to hell. Amen. So notice the seriousness here of, of how God sees things versus how man sees things. Now this goes to the individual as well as it goes, it goes further and further out from there. It goes into the, to the very core of the individual talking about cut your hand off, and it seriously means that. Listen, the, all right, now let's, let's go to, I want to go to a, a couple of places here as well. Let's go to, uh, let's go to verse 49, uh, uh, to Romans, I mean, let's go to uh, Romans 8. Hold your place there because we're coming back. Romans 8. Look at verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, but if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, here again, notice the living word and the depth of the word that goes from the... From the small, minute to individual to the full-blown body of Christ. Not only to the body of each church, but then the church of each region. And then the regions of this country. And then the countries of the world. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It just multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. So if you have a member of your body, if, in other words, if you are double-minded, the Bible says a double-minded man is... In all his ways. Okay, so if a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, you can't be double-minded. The Bible says, if thine eye be single, see, which Brother Edward was talking about the other, the other day. He had a, a scripture that he brought before church. He was talking about if having thine eye be single. Listen, if you have your eye single and on God, you're okay. You're in the path. Praise God. But if you become double-minded or if, you, if your eye is not single, that means that your eyes are looking in different directions. you got one eye on Jesus and one eye on the world. You're in trouble because that makes you not only that makes you a double-minded man, which makes you unstable in all your ways because your mind is not stayed on Christ. Your eye is not single and on Him. And so if your eye, the Bible says, if thine eye offend thee, what is it saying when it says pluck it out? What's it saying? I know what the book says, but what's it saying right there? What's the Spirit saying to the church right there, Sister Tara? Well, you're going, you're going, you're going further out there now is what I'm talking about. But down to the individual, it starts with the individual. It starts with the individual person. Okay, it starts with the individual person. It starts with who? It starts with me. It starts with us. Each one. 
Okay? So, what's it saying there? It's saying if you've got an eye, if you've got an eye that wonders, if you have an eye that wonders, you being a woman, if you have an eye that wonders after men that are not your husband, if you have an eye that wonder after worldly things that are not godly, if you have an eye that wonders after things that are luscious, if you have an eye that wonders after things that are not that are not holy, you see what I mean? If you then God's saying you just pluck that out. I mean, you know what you mean? Well, you know what he means by pluck it out? He means get rid of everything in your life. If you can't keep your eyes from lusting after something like that, you need to pluck it out. And that means take everything out of your life that will possibly draw that uh, your eye to those things. You don't go near somebody. If you never, if you have to isolate yourself from ever seeing another person in this life, it's worth doing it. Because uh, let me tell you, the Bible says it's better to pluck it out and enter into life maimed than it would be to enter both of those eyes into hell. So what God's saying is, hey, there, the Bible says that no sin shall enter therein. And if you've got sin in your heart, guess what? Come on, talk to me. You're not going to make it in. That's right. So, if your eye tends to wander to things that are not godly, you better pluck it out. That's what the Lord's saying. Here in that scripture we just read that says, If ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. Now, talking first and foremost about the individual. Then it goes to talking about the body of the church. Not only your own bodies... Because, you know, the Bible talks about dis, uh, dishonoring their bodies amongst themselves. This talking about homosexuality, okay? Did you know you dishonor your body among yourselves as well uh, uh, with the opposite sex? It says sex out of marriage and things like that. That's dishonoring your body amongst yourselves. But in that text where it's talking about, it's talking about homosexuality, doing these things which are not convenient. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their reward, which is meat, means which is just for what they've done. They, rec- they receive recompense of their reward, which is these diseases that kill these people. People say, well, our age is, everybody says, oh, the Christians say age was a, was, a, uh, 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 was a judgment of God. You better believe it was a judgment of God. It sure was a judgment of God. Now, then it goes to the body. The next body is what? First body is where? The first body is you. The second body is the church. That's correct. Each individual church. Okay? Each individual church. So, what's it say there? Come on, somebody help me out. What's it say there? Let's, let's go through that text. Come on with it. Yeah, uh, go down to 43. Okay, come on. Okay, now understand something. How many of you know a little leaven leaveth the whole lump? Do you believe that? Have you seen it in action? Do you see how that works? Do you know how that works? 
Man, let me tell you something. It don't take but one wagging tongue. It don't take but one wagging tongue to stir up a whole hornet's nest full of mess. And did you know it don't take hardly nothing, man, to start up a stirring up a stink in a church? Huh? Yeah. And and then the next thing you know, if you got a real big church, you start these little clicks. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So have you seen that happen? Have you seen that happen? Some some a hand get in the church that's reaching out and doing things it shouldn't be doing. I've had them in, I've had them in, in the church where uh, a man where they start messing with numerology. They start uh, they're 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 living a double standard. They're uh, uh, they're living a, a, a man. They're 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 living one way and 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 talking another, living together, uh, uh, out of marriage and all that kind of stuff and justifying it every kind of way, but yet come in here and sit and dance in the Holy Ghost and all that kind of stuff and, and uh, speak in tongues and, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and living, uh, living all sorts of ways. There's a lot of people that would disagree with me when I put them out of the church. But the Bible says, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, those are ungodly deeds, and they must be mortified. They must be put out. It's no different than plucking an eye out. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. I don't know what member you are, but if you start coming against God and the Word of God and the way of God and the holiness of God and the doctrine of God, then you got to be cut off or plucked out. Because if you don't, the whole body suffers from it. And then if you have a church that's part of the holiness walk and we uplift one another and we, we pray one for another and all those things, yet we begin to see things leaven in their lump and you begin to see things that, that show forth that they're not living a godly life, they're not living holiness standards, then they are then they are uh, 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 banished from from this body. We're no longer associated with them. I don't associate myself with... And I see people uh, uh, playing patty cake and all that kind of stuff with other churches. I don't do that. I've got friends that's, uh, in, the, in, the, in this walk that have all kind of friends and buddies in, in other churches and Baptist churches and things like that. I'm not going to yoke up with them. I'm not going to yoke myself up with that. Because they don't believe like we do. And so to me, they're plucked out or cut off. Amen. I don't, I don't yoke up with that mess. Now, so if we, through the flesh, or if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the Bible says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Same thing it's talking about. Now, back in our main text over here, the Bible says, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better to enter to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell fire that never shall be quenched. Amen. Now, Brother Edward, give me a Colossians 3, 5 through 11. Come on. 
Go ahead. Okay? Notice that. See, you see those things it calls members. You know what they are? Those are members of a corrupt body. Those are members of the old you. See if this don't sound like you. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, Sister Tara. Now, Brother Edward, back up and start telling them all about yourself. Close your eyes, Sister. Listen carefully. Which members? Hmm. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're already you're already past there. We were just going through eleven. So, so it tells us it tells us those members that we have had in our lives before we came to the Lord. And do you know those members try to show back up as often as they can? They'll try to rise back up on you if you're not careful. How many of you realize you have to guard yourself? You know, for the longest time after I quit smoking. Man, them cigarettes smell good. Oh, man, I mean, buddy, them cigarettes smell good, man. I could get around some cigarettes, man, because they've been my buddy for so many years. But you know what? All of a sudden, one day, that changed. It changed in one day. It went from smelling good and familiar it was a year after I quit smoking. It, in one day, it changed just like that. And I smelled some cigarettes. I thought, what kind of cigarette is that? I thought it was some kind of crazy, strange cigarette. And all of them started smelling. Something changed. It's like, a, it's like my senses got back to normal. And, it, man, I mean, it was just like, oh, man, I can't stand to be around it now. I mean, it just, ah, uh, you know, it's just nasty, you know. But... Uh, but, you know, you've got to protect yourself because I'm going to tell you something. That devil will bring old things back up as a sweet savor to you. And that flesh will be like, oh, hell, honey. Oh, hello, luscious. <laughs> Y'all, you'll never live that down. <laughs> Amen. But I love you, sister. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> uh, she, just, she just didn't think about what she was saying, and she didn't think about the consequences <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Now, okay, so all right. Now, over in our <clears throat> over in our regular text, we go down there. It says, "Find eye, offend thee, pluck it out." It's better to, for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Man, this is serious stuff right here. This is serious, serious consequences right here. Man, this is just talking about minor offenses that are major offenses with God. Minor offenses to man. Notice what verse 49 says here in our original text. Mark 9:49. For everyone shall be salted with fire... And every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Okay, so what is 
What is it talking about here? For everyone shall be salted with fire. Come on, Sister Tara. You knew I was going to call on you. What's it talking about being salted with fire? Brother Edward, come on. There are two saltings that take place. Salt on the inside, which seasons you. Salt on the outside preserves you. There's an inner salt that's a seasoning, which is the Word of God living and dwelling inside of you, keeping you in the path, keeping you living a holy life. And then there's that salt that is a covering unto you. And it's not only holiness on the inside and outside, but is a preservative, a man that keeps you. And is a, you know what it is? It is a holy armor of God, praise God. It's a shield of faith. It's all those things that you put on outwardly as well that preserves you. You know, you can put salt in a baste and, or, or in the meat or in a stew or in something like that. But then there's that salt that you put on the meat that preserves it. It's a rub. Amen. And that keeps it from rotting. It keeps it from becoming poisonous and deadly. Amen. Sometimes, how many of you have ever had to look at yourself in the mirror? Don't lie, you love yourself. You love yourself, the Bible says you do. The Bible says you're supposed to love everybody else as you love yourself. The thing is, We all need to look at ourselves. Why do we look at ourselves in the mirror? Come on. Don't you lie. Huh? Make sure your teeth are clean. What? <laughs> Woo! Listen to the temptation for the early altar call. Have you ever had to look in the mirror to talk to yourself? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, What are you doing? What is wrong with you? Have you ever looked in the mirror and been reminded who you are, what you look like? You know, sometimes we forget who we used to be. And sometimes we forget who we're supposed to be. And so there are times we need to look in that mirror to remember who we are, what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to look, and how we're supposed to be acting. I've looked at myself in the mirror and just said, You have lost your mind. There are times in your lives where you have to get a hold of yourself and give yourself a reckoning before God has to. 
there are times you have to grab a hold of yourself and say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, you don't. Is that all that scripture? Yeah, it is, brother. Okay. Now, so seasoning, the Bible says, for everyone shall be salted with fire. All right. Now, what is it? What does it mean by salting it with fire? Okay, Sister Hoffman, First Peter four twelve. Uh uh-uh, uh, just tell me. Okay, the Bible says what? All right, it says it says right there. The fiery what? Which what? Is to try you. Okay. So that's what the trial is, is the trying of you. It is a trial. Everyone shall be salted with fire. And every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Okay? Now here we go. Let's go to Leviticus. Hold your place there. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13 says, And every oblation of thy meat offering shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. So notice something here, that every sacrifice and every offering is to be salted with salt. Every sacrifice, oh, 2.13. Every sacrifice and offering shall be salted with salt. All right. Now, so notice it said there, it talked about the salt of the covenant of thy God. Not to suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from the meat offering. What's the covenant? What's the covenant? No, the covenant has nothing to do with the promise. I mean, it's not the promise. It does have something to do with the promise. If you keep the covenant, you'll get the promise. If you don't, you won't. Come on, Brother Edward. What's the covenant? In that day, I will make with them a new covenant. It is the Word of God. Yes, it is. I will make with them a new covenant. And in, my, and in their heart will I write it. And in their minds. See? So, it is the Word of God. It's my job to etch this in your mind as a teacher and a preacher, is to etch these things in your mind, which is the Word of God. And you do learn the Word of God. That is the covenant. This is the new covenant. The New Testament is the new covenant in His blood. That's a new covenant in His blood. The old covenant was in the blood of goats and lambs and all those sorts of things, see? 
But now the new covenant and the, and the old covenant was also in the blood of circumcision. It was also in several things. It was, there was, but there was always blood because without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins and there is no covenant. Without the blood, there's no covenant. Let me tell you something, just a little side note. To, for marriage, for marriage, the way that the Lord saw it and the way that they still see it in the Middle East, if a man marries a young bride... And there's no blood, there ain't no covenant. And most likely she won't, she's lived her last day on earth because they'll kill her. Just a symbol of how God sees things. So let me tell you something. If there ain't no blood in your covenant with Jesus, which comes through, come on, listen to what I'm saying. If there's no covenant with Jesus in your walk with Jesus, which comes through, come on, the name, baptism, and it comes through the blood. Notice your covenant comes through the blood. That's where the covenant is sealed. It's sealed. Your covenant is sealed with the blood of Jesus, and that is accessed by his name in baptism. You access the blood through His name. For there's no other, none other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. Be Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. See? Comes all through the name. That's how you access that blood. That's why you must call His name. Because that's the key that unlocks the blood. And gives you access to it. Without the name, there's no access to it. There's no access to the power that comes with that name without the name. It's the key. So, that's how it seals the covenant. Remember, I said before, how can you be a virgin when we were whores before with the devil? Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ... Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Praise God. You are, you've become a chaste virgin. You are a virgin. You are new territory, a new man, woman, or child. Amen. The moment, you're, the moment you go down in that water, all those things happen. And you become a virgin. And God then becomes your husband. Amen. And, that, and then He consummates the covenant with the pouring of blood upon your life. He cuts the covenant with the blood. The same as a blood covenant between a husband and a wife when they come together to consummate the marriage. And over there, the whole family waits outside the bedchamber until they come out with the red sheet. It's not awkward over there. Yeah, over there, it's life or death situation. It's not going to be awkward. It's going to be joy or it's going to be really bad. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that ain't no different than plucking out the eye. That's the extreme. That's the extreme. You know what? And people would say in this country, oh, my God, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's exactly what God's talking about right here, and that's exactly what this message today is talking about. If you can't contain yourself, 
get the needle and thread out. If you can't contain yourself, get you a scoop out and pluck your eyeballs out. And that's what it's talking about. People think, oh, well, that's not literally. God means it as literally as it needs to be meant. He means it as literally as it needs to be. Whatever it takes. Because God's trying to tell His people in this Word. And people don't see that. People will none tap dance all around it without grabbing on to what he's really saying. What he's really saying is, let me tell you something. You better understand the seriousness of this because if you don't, you're going to be in hell for eternity. He said it. Everything he talked about, he followed it. And it's like, that's just repetitious. You know what's repetitious? Is God telling you that, listen, because you're going to be cast into hell fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He repeated it after every one of those. Now, for everyone shall be salted with fire. So, what is that? Beloved, think it not strange the fire trial is as to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It's not strange. It's not strange that you're going to be tried by fire. Everything that you do is going to be tried in the fire. Amen. And it's going to begin with your walk. Listen. There's going to be some things that that try you in the fire. And that's what gives you your salt. That's what salts you. That's what causes you to be seasoned. Amen. You're not too much this way, too much that way. You're right where you need to be. Because God has seasoned you and tempered you. And you know what? Fire is how metal is tempered. So everyone shall be salted with fire. Did not the Bible say in Isaiah 48.10 that I have chosen thee in the furnace of what? So there's the furnace. There's the trying of fire. There's what salts you. You're not even chosen until you're in the fire. You're chosen in the fire. Where did Jesus show up with the Hebrew children? In the fire. Did you know? He could have stopped them from being thrown in that fire. But he didn't. He didn't stop them from being thrown in that fire. But he did stop the fire from consuming them. He showed up in the fire right where he was supposed to be. Because that's where Jesus is. Everybody wants to know Jesus, but he ain't at KSBJ, honey. He is in the fire. Yeah, you better believe he's listening, and he's going to remind you of it when you get there. He's in the fire, folks. And that's where you're chosen at, and that's where you become salty. Because until you've gone through the fire, you ain't got no seasoning. How are you going to season somebody if you ain't got no saltiness? You you know what? In order for you to become the seasoning that you need to be, In order for you, you ain't you ever somebody say that you ain't worth your salt? <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> Amen. You're out of diapers now. Amen. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I don't know for how long. <laughs> we start in them and go back to them at some point, they say, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I don't get no brownies, man. I don't get brownie points. I don't know. 
And I don't want none around her at all. Huh? Really, man? <laughs> what kind of brownies are they? I worry about what kind of brownies they are. It's like, these are from Afghanistan, man. These, <laughs> these are like, man. <laughs> yeah, right. You look at the green flakes. Is just, don't worry about that. Yeah, right. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Man. Man, sounds like my house. Yeah, sounds like my house. It's like, hey, man, that looks like that stuff that was on the floor earlier. What? Yeah, what? Mm-hmm. Now, so if we're salted, if we're salted by the trials, amen, the Bible says... <clears throat> Not to offer anything that's not salted. And to make sure that your covenant is not without salt. Let me tell you something. There's a message I'm getting ready to preach here before long that's in on my board that I haven't finished yet, but says if it came without a fight, what you got ain't right. Let me tell you something, folks. If you hadn't been through the fire, you're going. Because you can't make it in without it. Because you ain't salty without it. And listen... You must be salty more than enough. Because the salt is not just for your saltiness, but you're supposed to be salty enough to salt somebody else. You are to season the Word of God to other people. They need to see the seasoning in your life, and you need to be salty enough for them as well. They need to, when they're next to you, they need to get enough salt to salt them too. When they're next to you, they need to get enough holiness from you to cause them to start being holy. Amen. So you have to really be salty. You have to, and let me tell you, you know what causes that? Fire causes that. Let me tell you something. You may say, oh, well, Jesus has been good to me. He's been good. Yeah, he just helped me do this and that. But you know what? If you've been... You've been walking through the gates of hell, and God has delivered you out of the fire. I mean a fire. But, (laughs) man, you will be jumping and shouting and, and, and shouting it from the rooftop how great God has been to you. How good he is and how, and you will absolutely be able to convince somebody that God can deliver you, man. Oh, well, you don't know. Oh, honey. Oh, yes, I know. Man, Jesus loves me. This I know. I mean, I ain't guessing it, man. God delivered me. Well, now, it's a coincidence. Man, are you out of your mind? God delivered me, buddy, because there's no way in the world nobody else could have done what God did for me. That's that's real saltiness. I mean, that is absolutely convinced that what you have is godly. What you have is of God. Amen. And that's the kind of things that turn people's heads and changes their lives. Why do you think real testimonies go so far with people? It's because their life is not seasoned. Have you ever eaten something that was no different than just chewing on cardboard? 
so bland. Anything, no salt and all that kind of stuff. Nasty. And then you taste something got some salt in it. Ooh, yeah. Have you ever tasted something with too much salt in it? And you know what you can do? You can take that salt, you can take some of that and mix it with a whole other batch of no salt and make them both just right. See what I mean? But if this one over here just got the proper amount of salt, this one over here got no salt, you take away from this one, this one ain't got enough salt, neither does this one. But if you take one that's got too much salt, two times too much salt, and you mix it with this one over here, you can make this one perfect and this one perfect too. Then it's time to go back to the salt block and double up again. So you can take this one over here and, 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 and another one. Do the same thing with it. Now, but, let's go to keep your place there. Keep your place there. We're going to go over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Now, understand here, the Bible is talking about the saltiness of the covenant. What does that mean? What does that mean, Sister Erica? What does the saltiness of the covenant mean? Well, you have to speak up a little bit, just a little bit louder there. I think everybody's having a hard time hearing you. Well, huh? Yep. Yes. Thou shalt neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking. Come on. No, ma'am. Brother Edward. Nope. Sister Hoffman. You have to speak up a little bit. Okay. Brother, let me ask you a question. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I want you to get this. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Brother Edward, let me ask you this. What is the message of the land? It's a smooth word. Isn't it the smooth message? Isn't it the molasses message? Molasses. Yeah. Sweet molasses, that little sweet, smooth message. Isn't that what it is? You know what that is? You know what that is? Let me tell you what it is. Look here. Neither shalt thou suffer. Neither shalt thou suffer. Hold on. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant to be lacking. Come on with it. Now talk to me. No. It's the lack of the salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant to be lacking. You know, that's what that smooth message is. That smooth message is all sugar and no salt in the covenant. There's no fire in that covenant. Let me tell you something. There's no, there's no iron that sharpeneth iron in that covenant, honey. There ain't no, uh, don't sin. There ain't no repent. It's only, I receive you, Jesus. Uh, 
There ain't no repent to it. See, it's only come, come to the Lord, receive Jesus. Come on. That's right. But let me ask you. Let me tell you this. Oh, you know. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you. It's so disgusting to God. He's going to spew you out of His mouth. Let me tell you something. Listen to me, church. If you want to know, if you want to know what the salt of the covenant is, you can find that at Change of Life Pentecostal Tabernacle because we are a salt lick. That's what we are. We are a spiritual salt lick. Praise God. And this is where you come to get the salt. Now, you may need to go somewhere else to get the smoochy, smoochy, sweet, sweet, pet, pet, huggy, hug. But you come in and get all the salt you want. We are a salt factory right here. This is where you come to get the salt. Now, but you know why? You know why that is? You know why it's all, the, it's all salt here? Just about all of it's salt here. Because you can walk out the door and before you get to your car, sugar falls out of the sky all over you. But you ain't going to find no salt out there because there's no salt out there. It's all sugar. Sugar will rot your teeth out. Sugar will make you fat and lazy. Salt will raise your blood pressure. Salt will raise your heartbeat. Let me tell you something. Try it without salt. She's come a long way. Salt... Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about a friend of mine. Big old boy. He married this nut that decided he wasn't going to eat no more salt. Oh, he called me up. He said, man, what have I done? I said, well, I don't know. What have you done? He said, man... She's cut all my salt out of my diet. I mean, all of it, none. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, man. He said, yeah, man, because he just didn't like a bunch of arguing. And you know what? About a year later, he called me up and he said, I know I shouldn't be laughing. He said, but my wife went to the dentist, and the dentist told her she's going to have to have major surgery all and all her teeth and gums and everything. He said, I know I shouldn't be laughing about it, he said, but it's because she had no salt. And it deteriorated all her gums and teeth, and it's major. He said, it's major, man. I mean, it's a major deal because she didn't have no salt in her diet, none, zero salt, yeah. She cut all salt out. you got to have salt. Did you know animals have to have salt? You can put out, you can put out corn. You can put a salt block out there. And I guarantee you that come that salt block as often or more than they will that sweet feed. Oh yes, they gotta have it. There's natural salt licks. When you can find a natural salt lick in Colorado, you can find it because man, you'll see the whole uh, big as this room. It's dug out, and you'll see you'll see a couple of rocks. Of, there, it's salt in the earth, you know. And they find it and they dig it out, boy. And uh, yeah, they get, man, they come over and they they lick that salt. You put salt licks out for cows and horses. They gotta have it. They gotta have it in their diet. You gotta have it. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
It, going to it, any feed store, you see salt salt blocks, big square block. They got mineral blocks, salt blocks. Uh-huh. You put them out there, and man, cows will go to it and lick on it for 30 minutes or an hour, and they get that salt in their system. They need it, just like we do. Amen. Praise God. But the salt to the Word, the salt to the Word in you is what you take to people. You know, that when they talk to each other, isn't it different than when we talk to them? Yeah, I mean, what's, what's missing? What's different, sister? When somebody else is talking to what's-her-name over there, what's it, what's it, what are they telling her? What are they telling her? Come on, just spit it out. Oh, well, oh, my, Jesus loves you. God listens. He loves you so much. He just loves you. Oh, and His grace. Yes, oh, and, oh, and you'll rejoice. And, oh, we just dance on streets of gold. And... Yeah. <clears throat> you know what it sounds like? What does it sound like when you talk to her? <laughs> see the difference? You see what I mean? Now you understand what I'm talking about with this salt. But you bring the salt to the covenant. You bring the salt to the covenant. I don't understand it. I'm blown up. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, you're rolling around in gunpowder with a match in your hand. I mean, uh, my goodness, where were you Sunday? I was at a football game. Well, my goodness, a football game. Well, now, that's not part of the covenant. Yeah, I mean, oh well. Uh, uh, now, uh, what? In, uh, what's your husband's name? Oh, we're not married. <laughs> Help me now, Lord. Help me now, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's okay. I mean, uh, but you know, uh, pluck it out. They do. It's four hours of counseling. Four hours of counseling with a pastor or a counselor or whatever. That's what pastors have to do now. Forty hour, uh, four hours. But, and I just don't marry them. I will the ones that are in this church at this very moment. After having screened and after many days in solitary confinement, the gauntlet. So, well, you know, there's there's three courses. There's the Navy SEALs, <laughs> there's Delta Force, and then there's those that are going to marry somebody and change of life Pentecostal Tabernacle. <laughs> You've heard of 13 days. That's the first day. <laughs> if you can, listen, welcome, son. She's a wonderful woman. And if you can make it through this next year and a half, you can marry her. Day six. See ya. <laughs> Amen. No, nah, just I'm just playing, sister. <laughs> now, okay. So we know what the salt of the covenant is. Come on with the salt of the covenant. What is it, sister Erica? But tell me what the salt part of it is. Because there's some of that sweet stuff in that covenant, too. What is the salt part of it? What makes it salt? What makes it the salt? 
the salt. The salt of the covenant is not the trials. The salt of the covenant is the saltiness of the word. The salt of the covenant is what brings balance to the word. There's the sweet, there's the sweet part of the covenant. There's the salt part of the covenant. Amen. The salt part of the covenant is thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's the salty part. That's the salty part. That's the parts that thou shalt not do. Uh, the the things that declare you ain't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. The commandments. Amen. These are the things we hold fast to. That's the saltiness of the covenant. It shall not be without salt. Because why? Why would that be bad if it's without salt? Because it's out of balance. It's out of balance. You see? Because you're going to always have an abundance of the sugar. You're going to always have an abundance. Because you know why? Because your body likes that sugar. Your body loves that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, brownies. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the outwardness, listen to what it says. Every one shall be salted with fire. We will go through the fire because that is what also builds salt into us, into us. It's what gives you that strong resolve to live for God. That's what brings the fear of God, isn't it? Isn't it the fire that keeps you on your toes? You can tell somebody not to, not to play with fire, can't you? It don't work near as good as putting their hand on a stove, does it? Oh, let me tell you, because they're like, you know what they do? It's nature. Don't touch that. Don't you touch that. I'm not. And you know what happens? And then it's just crying and screaming and hollering. And you know, you think he's over. And you know what? You don't rush over. Bam, 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 bam. I said, don't touch it. No. No, you don't do that. You go over there. Don't you lie. You go over there, oh, my baby, you know, because you know his burning little hands smoking over there, his skin melting off his hand, you know. And then you might say in there, I told you not to touch it. See? Wasn't I right? Burned, didn't it? But you know what? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You won't have to tell him twice next time. Don't touch that. It's hot. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know why that is? Because fire brings fear. And fear, fear <laughs> keeps you. That's right. That's exactly right. Praise God. Do you think we need that? I need that in my life. That's right. And we are. We're all stubborn. We are stubborn. Yes. But praise God that God has given us a hunger for the truth, even in the face of these things that nobody else wants. That's why you're here. That's why you've got your name written in a book, praise God. It's written in that book. Praise God. 
That don't mean it can't be taken out of that book. But praise God, it's the fear of God and that saltiness that it brings that will keep your name written in that book. Amen. Now, it says, And every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Okay? This is the... This is the sacrifice that you bring to God. Now, let's look at that and see. Okay, so here we go. Sister, sister, uh, er, uh, sister Tara. 1 Peter 2, verse 5 and verse 9. Brother Edward, give me Revelations 5.10. Now, notice that we are not only priests, but we are sacrifices. Okay, Sister Hoffman, give me Romans 12 and 1. Okay, everybody got your scriptures? Come on with it. Yeah, Sister, I don't think you have one, Sister Erica, this time. Sister Tara. First Peter, 5, uh, First Peter 2, verse 5 and verse 9. Okay, so you are, we're priests. We are, <clears throat> we are priesthood in the priesthood. Amen, come on. Brother, uh, uh, that verse 9? Come on. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Called you out of darkness. I love that scripture. It's called you out of darkness. Called you out. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I mean, that is a mirror image. That is a specific image right there. A crystal clear image of him calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You're laboring and heavy laden in darkness. Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. Amen. How many of you ever been free, uh, uh, afraid in the dark? How many of you don't lie? How many of you ever been afraid because it was dark? It was dark around you. Maybe you were in a dark place, and man, it was like, you know, and you, you just fear. I mean, fear came. But you know what? Praise God. Then the light came. Whew. I mean, you just, oh, thank God, you know. Maybe you had a nightmare or something. You were asleep. And, and, and you were in, it was in the dark. And you know, and man, the next morning you woke up, you opened your eyes, and it was daylight. And you're like, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Okay. Who's got that next scripture? Come on, Revelation 5.10. Here it is. Hallelujah. Made us unto our God kings and priests. Praise God. Okay, Romans 12.1. Come on. Present your what? Listen carefully. Hold it. Listen carefully to this. It's not just present ourselves. Present our bodies a living sacrifice. What's that mean? Sister Tara, explain that to me. Come on, think about what I'm asking you. Explain it to me. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's good stuff. Come on, what was you? Okay, all right. My goodness now. You know, well, I just, you just know, you just look so much better than mini skirts, and you just look so much better with all that makeup piled on you, and your hair cut short. Well, you know, now, you'd, you'd get more boyfriends or girlfriends if you had on uh, makeup and all those sort of things. I was going to say, she didn't realize that she just closed this church down for six months. In other words, ain't nobody getting out of here. <laughs> There's going to be a reckoning. <laughs> Listen, okay. Notice, that old world 
That old world out there will try to convince you that you don't need to worry about all this stuff. Oh, Nancy, it's so much better, so much better. But you have presented your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's right. Exactly right. And you know what? You don't do that stuff there no more. That's, that's right. You don't do that no more. Because you have presented your body as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Amen. Clean, without spot, without wrinkle. Praise God. Amen. The best of the best. And it's got to be the best you can be, which also goes back to the parable of the talents. Let me tell you something. That starts with you, too. Everything starts with you and goes out from there to a much bigger picture. But it starts with you. Amen. So, we are sacrifices. Go ahead. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. It's not unreasonable what God asks you to do, is it? Well, dear God, you don't ask Him for a quarter of a blessing. Huh? You don't ask Him to partially deliver you. I didn't ask Him to uh, uh, to take drinking away from me on, on Thursday night so I could go to church. Oh, God, just deliver me from drinking on Thursdays and Sundays, God. Lord, just deliver me, Lord. I, just God, help me to be holy on Sundays and Thursdays. Yeah, Lord, just, yeah, just, uh, you know, heal me just a little bit. Amen. He wants to hold you. He ain't going to share you with that devil. He don't want some whore. God ain't going to shack up no whore, I'll tell you right now. Which we all were at one time. Shacking up with that devil. Following him around like a puppy dog on a chain, man. We just wave that little bone in front of us. <gasps> Walking around like we got, ain't got no sense. Yeah. But you know what? I got a whole new bone now. Praise God. <laughs> I don't need nothing that devil's got. Praise God. We present ourselves. A living sacrifice unto the Lord. Holy and acceptable. What He declares is acceptable. And that is our reasonable service. That's reasonable. What He's asking is not unreasonable. It's very reasonable. It's a reasonable service. What we do is not overboard. What we do is not too much. It's reasonable. Because that's the God we serve. He's been that good to me. If it's unreasonable to you, then there's some several things going on. If it's unreasonable to you, first of all, you don't love Him like I love Him. Second of all, evidently, He's not delivered you like He has me. Because He whom God has delivered much, loves much. And I love Him. He's worth it to me. How about you? Praise God. Has it been good to you? Do you consider it unreasonable to serve God in this capacity? Do you consider it unreasonable for us to try to even go further than we are now? Do you consider it unreasonable anything that He's asked us to do in His Word? That's right. Me neither. That's why we're here. That's why our names are written. He said, Don't rejoice. 
in that the spirits are made subject unto you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Praise God. Stand with me today.